You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Utes, your daily podcast focused on Utah football, basketball, and everything else red. I am Jay Catch. That is Brian Brown. Hi, Brian. Hello, Jacob. How's it going? It's a Monday, man. Like, it was weird to have things back in swing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Like, it was a normal Monday. Imagine that. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. So, of course, on today's podcast, we're going to talk some basketball. Of course, the running Utes, uh, they're getting ready for their Pac-12, I guess, reopener. I guess we'll term it at UCLA later this week. Some transfer portal news in that vein, as well as some, I guess, what we'll call good news with regards to COVID-19 and the testing protocols for that program we need to break down. And we're also going to talk about some year-end topics. Obviously, the new year upon us here. It's time to look back on what 2020 was with regards to Utah athletics. We'll talk about all of that ahead on today's podcast. What do you say, Brown Bear? Should we break into it here? I was born ready, Jake. All right, let's do this thing. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for December 29th, 2020. Once again, welcome into Locked On Utes. I'm Jay Catch. That is Brian Brown Bear himself. We are your daily podcast focused on all things Utah athletics, football, basketball. And you know what, Brian? We like just to have fun sometimes on this podcast, too. There's no other reason to work in this industry other than to have fun, Jake. That is a very good point, actually. We should be all aiming to have fun. Team fun. I know that some, fun. some Utah fans were using that during this football season about team fun this year, and I don't blame them one bit. Reminder for you guys, though, before we really break into things here, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode of the show as we talk Utah sports each and every day. We are your daily stop for all things Utah athletics. And as Brian says, leave us a five-star rating only five stars. That's what we like. And make sure that you let us know what you like about the podcast by leaving us a review. Let us know what you think of Locked On Utes. All right, Brian, let's start off on the basketball front today. Some news yesterday. Brendan Wenzel, a former three-star prospect in the 2019 recruiting class for Utah basketball, has officially entered his name into the NCAA transfer portal. I believe it was the Salt Lake Tribune, Josh Newman, who broke the news. I uh, did confirm it via my sources who have access to the portal. He is in the transfer portal. But I know that on its surface, a guy transferring out of the Utah basketball program normally is reserved for the bells, the alarms that seem to go off in people's heads saying that Larry Kraskoviak has lost yet another guy from this program. We all need to freak out that he's just losing control of things. I think this circumstance in its own right is just a little bit different. It is, and the biggest reason that it is different is that Utah is coming and recruited over the top of, of Wenzel as a player. He was a developmental guy. He was never going to step in and play immediately. Came from a smaller high school in Texas. He's a dead-eye shooter. Yes. Just needed a little bit more development, a little bit more work on, on the refinement of his game, a little more development of the body. I actually got to stand next to him at a football game where I was down on the field uh, covering the game for Ute Zone. Boy, God. It feels like forever ago now, and it was only a year. Yeah. Um, and, and he is a very he, – he's got a great frame, but he's just incredibly skinny. Okay. Was, what a surprise for a basketball player. But uh, the 
the storyline around Larry's program has always been about the transfers. But as we've seen, it wasn't just Larry's program. It was almost like his program just had the jump on it in, sure. in some respects. And I think some of it was that they started out with such low levels of talent initially that they constantly had to have guys transferring out. And I I wonder if, in a sense, it almost built like a culture there of guys just wanting to leave because they saw everybody else in front of them do it. But the the point with Wenzel is this. He just was not able to correct the rotation. It, it's obvious that there are players out there that are better than him. Pella Larson playing as a true freshman. Uh, Ian Martinez has shown some incredible flashes, and, and he has that raw potential. But he's also doing some things on the court right now that you're like, okay, that's you're going to need that during the season. You know, some of those law passes that he can throw, he's a coach's kid. You know, obviously his dad is on staff, blah, blah, blah. But this, this felt like, especially given the timing of it, given that there is a blanket waiver for this season, that it was a kid who had kind of, dead ended there. He'd had some struggles on the court. Uh, There was some mention of some injury stuff. I know Larry Kraskoviak mentioned in a previous press conference that he had some off court stuff that he didn't want to get into. It wasn't anything negative. I think Larry was referring to this, to the injury stuff to where he couldn't get going. It's just a kid who probably went home, decided, you know what? I want to go somewhere where I can play. And that's the thing. I think that many people, when it comes to the transfer portal, they forget to to acknowledge these are young men who are, for most the, the most part, most of them were one of, if not the best player on their high school team. And when they come into a college program, they're expecting to have a similar type impact for that program. And when you don't get to play, it's tough to deal with. And a kid like Wenzel. I think with his 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 bona fide scoring potential, he was recruited as a guy who could really shoot lights out. I'm going to say at the mid-major level, there's going to be a spot for that young man to find a spot and play and live out his dreams on the court. Far too many guys, I feel like, far too many people out there, when they see a kid transfer, just assume that he was a malcontent and ready to move on. I think in this circumstance, Wenzel just saw the writing on the wall and said, you know what, I need to find a spot for me to finally get on the court and show what I can do. 100%. And and it's this is one of the benefits of increasing your recruiting, and we're starting to see it with a football team as well. Yeah. You know, the University of Utah was st- so stocked at the running back position that they lost three transfers this year. Now we'll talk down the road a little bit about what, what might actually end up happening there, but this is, this is a good thing in a lot of respects because you're bringing in players that are higher caliber. Now the problem gets to be is if you start to lose the guys that, that are the high caliber guys that you need to come back and lose them to the wrong directions, which is transferring out of the program. I, I think it's been a long time since Utah's lost the guy that was really the impact player that needed to come back. I, Losing Booth Gotch over the summer, I think, was hard, but they haven't really missed him at all. Uh, now, the season is still young, so so you kind of wonder, you know, maybe down the road they'll want his experience. But I think Booth is another example of a guy who thinks that he should be a, a point guard in the NBA, and that's another part of it. These guys all have NBA aspirations, and look, yeah. I, I was a player. When I went down to Snow College, I saw what Deuce Latui did. He went down to USC, and he went and played in the NFL for 10 years. I thought that was going to be my path. It was incredibly dumb. I realized <laughs> my first day of practice, I had no shot of going to USC. I was going up against guys who were going to Oregon State, and they were beating my behind. So there's that kind of trade-off, and I don't think a lot of the guys who are good deal with it as well as I did because I was 
you know, behind Haloti Nana on my high school team. Sure. So I kind of got it. Um, and, and like you said with Brendan, like he can go to a mid-major program, develop, play on the court, be one of the better players on the team, and not have to bust his tail every single day just to try and crack a, you know, a three- or a five-minute rotation. And then I do understand what people are saying when they say some kids need to stick around and develop. It's absolutely true. I don't know that that's always the case, and, and I think Wenzel falls under that umbrella. Yeah, so we wish him nothing but the best as he moves forward here, looking forward to seeing where he ultimately does land, and hopefully, like you said, he lives out his dreams on the court. That, that's the biggest thing we hope here. Brian, one other thing on the basketball vein uh, is that we got some good news with regards to COVID testing. This has been a program, speaking of Larry Kriskoviak's program, that's been much maligned due to COVID testing. They had to shut down operations, what was it, twice officially, and there were some concerns that it might get shut down again here, but we got some good news this week. They did. So there was a postponement of the Arizona State game due to what was initially thought a positive test of coronavirus. Uh, That turned out to be a false positive. I believe it was Josh Newman who had it first. Josh has been all over. Doing a great Uh, job. He is, yeah. And if if you don't know Josh by now, he's awesome. I love Josh. And and when he first got here, I thought we're going to fight. So (laughs) that should tell you exactly what what you want to know about Josh. Um, uh, But False positive is good news because this program has been beleaguered by by the coronavirus. In, you know, Larry's family, it's ripped through his entire family, his, sure. his mother-in-law. I think it was Amy Donaldson wrote a really touching story about how his mother-in-law got sick and tried to get in the hospital and everything like that, just the impact that it's had. Um, so the less that they have to deal with that, the better. I think almost from a mentality standpoint, because that's the part about the start and stop to us. It feels inconvenient when you're a player, like it is a massive change to your daily schedule, to your mindset, to everything like that. And so it really, the more you can be consistent and flow through it. I think, I know Utah podcast, look, (laughs) BYU Uh had such a great season because they could mostly make it through all the ebbs and flows of the COVID stuff. Sure. You look at what happened with Utah, the first two weeks completely derailed them. They were not the same team at the start of the season as they were five, four or five games into it. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, it's really tough to deal with. We don't see it all from the outside, especially because they're not releasing results and everything like that. So uh, you just kind of have to pace yourself with some of that stuff. Yeah, and so now we look forward to Thursday when Utah is scheduled to play UCLA down there in Los Angeles. Looking forward to that and seeing the Utes back out on the court. Hopefully they are able to get things rolling like they had at points during this. It's really been a stop and start uh, non-conference slate for them, but I'm looking forward to seeing them finally back out there against UCLA and hoping that they can go out and get a big win to, I guess, to restart Pac-12 play there in Westwood. All right, Brian. Coming up here in just a moment, we do need to talk about some year-end topics. We're going to do this over the next few days as we round out the end of the 2020 calendar year and get ready for 2021. Coming up here in just a moment, though, we need to talk about COVID. I know it's a topic that I think has irked many a Utah fan, many a sports fan in general, but we do need to look back on how it affected Utah overall with regards to football, the finances, the athletic department. There's so many different topics in this vein that we will get to here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, let's talk about our good friends at betonline.ag. How about that, Big Brown Bear? 
I'll tell you what, man. I'm ready to make some bets, Jake. I'm so excited for this. I I, I need a side hustle. <laughs> all, I need a side hustle. We, we all need a side hustle, especially in 2020. But there is one place that's got you covered, and one place that we trust here on Locked On Utes, and that is BetOnline.ag. Right now, when you sign up for a free account at BetOnline.ag, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get a 50 percent welcome bonus. Brian, think about that. It is free money to bet with, courtesy of BetOnline. Free money. Yes, F R E E. Bet onlining is basically seeding your gambling startup. Yeah. And why would you not want to go all in? Everybody tells me how great their picks are all the time. Sure. Go make your money. Go do it. it, it it's super easy to sign up. You and I have both done it. Mm-hmm. You just enter in your information. They, they have a really great website, easy to fill out. Mm-hmm. You, you upload, safe, reliable. Uh, the payouts are super easy. It, it's bet online is the place to go. Uh, to, to increase your Skittle collection. <laughs> Skittle collection, I like that. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore, folks. Get in on the action. Once again, use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit at betonline.ag. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Brian, as I mentioned, we need to take a minute and talk about COVID-19 and just the impact it had on Utah and the sports world at large as we look back on the year that was in 2020. I know that a lot of people are sick of hearing about this pandemic. They're sick of this virus disrupting their daily lives, but it had a major, major impact on Utah. And where do you want to start here? Should we talk football? Should we talk about the athletic department as a whole? Where should we start on this topic as we look at back on the year in review? I think the one to start at is is definitely the football program because that was the one that was most immediately affected. It was surreal sitting there. So, I, I mean, I remember that this started to trickle down, and I remember being in the studio on a Saturday working through all our Saturday programming and, and being in there and, and reading the news and thinking to myself, man, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and disinfect everything just just because I'm here. There's not a lot going on. Like, sure. you know our Saturday programming. Yeah. Over at the zone, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, a lot of it is is pre recorded. I yeah. know industry secret. Big Ooh, pulling news. back pulling back the curtain. What are you doing, Brian? Uh, I, I know. How dare they find out? It <laughs> sounds so live. Um, but but uh, you, you know, like spring ball was off and rolling, and then all of a sudden they were on break, and everything just completely changed. Yeah, we had you know. four months. I, I I will never forget that four-month period with literally no live sports going on mm-hmm. if you don't want to count what the KBO, the Korean baseball organization. That really was like the one thing that was out there that was still playing. And even then, it took a few months for that to get back. It was one of the more unique points of my entire life, my entire working life in the industry that you and I both work in. It was just absolutely insane. And you're not, you're not kidding. Utah, they started off spring ball. We're all hearing about this pandemic. And then of course, March 11th happened. That was the night that Rudy Gobert tested positive in the NBA for the Utah Jazz at Oklahoma City. Funny enough, the Jazz were in Oklahoma City for the first time since then last night, picked up a big win on the road. But we're not talking about the Jazz here. But everything shut down. It was just shut down for months. And we are still dealing with the ramifications of that shutdown all these many months later. Yeah, we are. And, and I think it, it, it's interesting because 
the program that was probably least affected by it is now the one that's starting back up again. And that's mm-hmm. the basketball program. I think they've, for the most part, and I, I'm not sure if it's just the, the flow of the seasons or what, but other than a couple of start stops early on, they've kind of avoided the bulk of, of the, the drama, I guess, associated with the pandemic the football team in the meantime has just been absolutely bludgeoned by it. Mm-hmm. And we talked a lot about this yesterday. This is a program that's endured a lot in 2020. You know, there were arrests early on yep. uh, spring ball. There were questions about the quarterback position. I watched three whole practices and I knew at that point it was going to be cam rising. And then everything just went disappeared for you know essentially for four three four months and and they were able to start going a little bit again in june but it was under very strict protocols and and the workouts were very structured uh i know that the players had a hard time adjusting to it uh, simply because there was so much focus on the virus and keeping the virus out of things and it almost feels like looking back on it there was so much concern about what it could do and what we didn't know that looking back on it now, you almost wonder if it didn't kind of hurt them in a sense to, to not have been exposed to it earlier on. Like, you know, they had a few, they had a few, I think there were about 10 or 12 cases throughout the summer conditioning and everything like that. Uh, there was one very severe case. I, I never did look into see who that was, um, but it, it just, the way the season unfolded, you know, we weren't able to watch practices. We weren't able to meet players. It yep. was just they didn't get their first two games in. And and you look back at the contrast between how things felt in the spring where you were watching these guys develop and grow, and, and it felt like just an absolutely talent-laden team with a lot of young guys but still a few questions to going through a pandemic, missing out on the entire spring, missing out on regular summer workouts, not knowing when your season was going to start, having to deal with all that. I think it's fascinating that the program that was probably the most financially impacted, but also the most, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you know, like physically impacted, I guess, was the football team. Yeah, and that's the crazy part about it is the the pandemic affected all, all aspects of the Utah athletic department, gymnastics was affected. Men's basketball, you said, they, yeah, they may be one of the least affected. They were affected by this. They've been affected by it as they try to kick off this current basketball season. We're still in the midst of this pandemic, and there are multiple sports who did not participate in their normal fall seasons. Women's volleyball among them. They're going to try and play this coming spring. It, it's just been one of those surreal things, and you're right. Football seems to have been the poster child for how things uh, really were affected by COVID-19. But this just this pandemic has reached into every corner of every athletic department across this country. And Utah is no different. And I, I do wonder what the ultimate uh, look back on 2020 will be for Utah and other athletic departments. Because we're still in the middle of the pandemic and the financial ramifications of the shutdowns that took place and just how everything was affected in our everyday lives. We have not seen those and those may not ultimately come into focus for years to come. And it's going to be an interesting case study to look back on, even as we sit here months and months later, still in the same pandemic. 
but it feels so different now because so much has yeah. come back and, and it does feel like there is that light at the end of the tunnel. You know, a friend of mine posted on his Instagram, a copy of his vaccination record, you know, and, yep. and the, so far it seems to be that this has been a very positive affair and, and fingers crossed, you know, that we keep going down this road and, and people, um, you know, keep finding ways to fight through this whole situation because um, there's no doubt that it's, it, whatever your leanings are, sure. it has impacted everything, Yes, you know, and in, and sports first and foremost, I think it's fascinating how some aspects of it, I think, you know, have benefited the university. They're going to have the end zone finished lickety split. Like it, yeah. it is moving, progressing very, very quickly. But at the same time, the football program itself, I think really did slog to get through it. And you, you kind of, you hope that that light starts lighting up again in March of next year so that they can start to feel normal and get more of a runway. I think the lacrosse program, for example, really got struck by this in a weird situation because they were on spring break on the road back East traveling from game to game. And they had a week where they were just going to hang out in DC and have fun. And then boom, that was done, you know, and they just kind of got left blowing in the wind. And I, I think coach Brian Holman, he's really a fascinating guy. Utah fans are going to love getting to know him and, and we'll work on making sure that you get to know him through locked on Utes. Uh, very, very similar to Kyle Whittingham. But I remember listening to his kind of season ending interview with, with uh, Bill Riley and just him saying, there wasn't much else we could do. You know, that was kind of it. Yep. And you watched how football had to fight through it to try and keep the athletic department department afloat. And, it's going to be fascinating to see what the result of that becomes both financially, you know, what happens with the athletic department and the staff reductions, how things change uh, in terms of the way that they do business going forward. How much media access are we going to get down the road that you and I both know it's been terrible. Yeah. Well, and we're, we're both selfish. Let's be real about this. We want as much access as we can get. And I think we both fear, and I'm, we're not alone in this. I've talked with many other of our compatriots in the media realm who worry that 2020 will actually have a net negative impact on our access as media members to cover the programs that we cover. This podcast covering Utah athletics, football, basketball, lacrosse, women's gymnastics, We'll cover it all, but I do think it will have a net negative impact on that. And the financial aspect of it, yes, a guy like Mark Harlan, he's going to have to deal with a multi-million, multi-tens of million dollar loss from this season. I think some of that was recouped by the fact that they actually did play their season in football, but they're still going to deal with some massive, massive financial ramifications. And uh, Brian, I, I really do think that, yeah, we're talking about how things have changed in the, let's say nine months we've been dealing with this pandemic. And there have been some good changes, I think, but I still think we are going to be years and months away from really understanding what the ultimate overall impact of all this was. Absolutely. And, and you talk about revenue. This is not a program that is overly dependent upon donors. It is primarily PAC 12 money and ticket revenue and, yep. and football is the banner is the breadwinner for that, that aspect of the department. So where this is going to really affect things is the other programs that, mm-hmm. that don't have revenue generating abilities. I think even the basketball team say what you will about it. It still generates more revenue than just about any other sport, uh, you know, not named football at the university of Utah. So how do you get that back going forward? What kind of things I, I know that they had, they were very 
thankful for the number of season ticket holders who left their money within the program. Yeah. But now you're going to be impacted going into, into 2021. So how do you find ways to, to solve those kinds of problems? And, and in the meantime, how do you deal with student athletes that have just gone through a pandemic that are trying to readjust that you're going to have blanket waivers? Your, your compliance department has been just absolutely decimated by furloughs and, and by employee losses. There are people that have left the industry altogether. And, and some of these people aren't going to come back because they're gun shy. For, for me, myself, it, it was I was on the verge of starting to look elsewhere for a full time job in sports. Now I've switched into a completely different industry and, and had to really restructure and, and and reorganize things. So are you going to be able to get better people in some of those positions because there are still so many people in sports out of work? Hopefully, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's always the concern. How is it going to work for your donors? Are they still going to be able to continue? Are they going to be able to match? Are they going to be able to extend what they're donating? So there are still a lot of questions out there. And, and while it does feel like we're starting to get closer and closer to that light, uh, you know, it's the results and the impact of it. I, I feel like it's back a few seasons ago where Utah would play against either Washington or Stanford and they would put everything into those games. And then you would see for the next three or four weeks afterwards, they just wouldn't have the juice or they'd lose guys to injuries and they wouldn't have the depth. That's kind of what we're going to see for the next two or three seasons in terms of the administrative side of it and, and how you're going to pivot and, and do things like that. Yeah, you're, you're not kidding about that. All right, Brian, we'll give you some of our final thoughts here on a Tuesday edition of the podcast coming here in just a moment. But we do need to take a minute here and talk to you about one of our favorite products that we endorse, and that is our good friends over at Built Go. The Built Branded Companies is absolutely phenomenal. What me and Brian mostly like about the Built Branded Companies, they're a local company, Utah born and bred. And Built Go is just yet another one of their great products they come out with, Brian. I don't know about you, and I obviously with the new year coming up, a lot of people are going to make that New Year's resolution to get to the gym more often. And of course, pre-workout has become a really big thing with regards to people working out at the gym. I'll tell you what, the best pre-workout that I have found for myself has to be Built Go. It's got that caffeine kick to get you going, but then the B vitamins and that collagen protein in it give you that long-lasting energy to help you get through those workouts and get yourself back into shape. I cannot talk about how phenomenal of a product this is. Yeah, man. Like this is how I start my day. This is how I get things rolling. I, we have jobs where you are working odd hours, you know, you're up before (laughs) the crack of dawn. I'm up usually after the, you know, after the sun sets doing things late into the night and cranking around. And so the mornings don't wait for anybody. And that's when you have to belly up to the bar as they like to say, and, and get going and, and built go is, is the perfect way to do it. It is tasty. It is filled with nutrients. It is not going to leave you feeling all woozy in your stomach. It is quick. It is small. It is convenient. It is everything that you need to get your day started off right. And and the power of habit is that when you start things off on the right foot, they continue throughout the day. Yeah, they snowball. That's the biggest thing about it. So go to builtgo.com to learn more about this great product. While you're there, use that promo code LOCKED. That's L-O-C-K-E to get 20% off your next order. It's a great way to save money on another great product from the Built Branded Companies. Brian and I are big fans of Built Bars, Built Go, and everything else the Built Branded Companies has in their arsenal. So check it out now, builtgo.com. Use that promo code LOCKED, and let's go with Built Go.
All right, Brian, on our way out the door here, I want to remind people to check out the brand new podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Bets. We talked a little bit earlier on about betonline.ag. They are the sponsor of this new podcast. It's hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to help you make the smartest possible wagers. We talked about that bonus you can get from betonline.ag. Locked On Bets is going to help you make sure you grow that nest egg, Brian. So check that podcast out wherever you get your podcast just like this one i like to say it's money season out there jake it is and our boy season. q's gonna get us in the bags he is so we're doing a great job there brian on our way out the door here tomorrow is going to be an interesting day because we spent the podcast yesterday talking about the life and legacy of what ty jordan means to the football program at the university of utah what it's going to mean for the program moving forward but we did not touch on the football aspect of this of course uh, three running backs transferred due to Ty Jordan's emergence at that position. How is that going to change? How is the football program going to look different going into 2021? We're going to talk about that tomorrow. Yeah, your biggest known commodity is now no longer uh, even in the equation. And, and, you know, as heartbreaking as the loss is, there is a football component that, that eventually will have to be dealt with. And so we'll, we'll explore what the possibilities are, where this team is headed, what what the per- projection is now mm-hmm. uh and and how they're going to be able to deal with this how they'll how they'll have to get over the hump and and you know what the the possible impact you know of of losing losing such a phenomenal player will have on the team in the long term yeah there's no doubt about that so stay tuned for that on tomorrow's podcast can't thank you guys enough for taking the time today to join the podcast uh also by the way the outpouring of the support for what we did on yesterday's podcast we cannot thank you enough for your guys' support it, it was it's honestly brian and i've been doing this podcast thing with the locked on podcast network for well over two years now that might have been the single toughest and hardest podcast i have ever had to record and i cannot thank everybody enough for their support there's no class in journalism school that teaches you how to deal with something like this and and i think for both you and i getting into sports there was a reason behind it we didn't want to have to deal with this we wanted to have fun we wanted to talk sports Mm -hmm. we wanted to to cover something that gives us joy and makes us happy and and that was there's just nothing that that kind of tragedy is is just never uh, easy you, you, to, to talk through. And, you know, I, I give you a lot of credit for, for having done this for so long and knowing how to navigate something like that. And we spoke from the heart. We tried to try to just measure, you know, the stature of somebody that became way bigger mm-hmm. than what they actually stood in this world. And for people to identify with it, for them to actually listen, because I think, for me, even sometimes listening to stuff like that can be very hard because it brings back so much emotions and everything like that. But uh, we just appreciate everybody for, for sharing their thoughts, for being interactive overall, but especially with such a topic that's so hard to deal with. Yeah, so on to hopefully brighter and better things in future podcasts. But once again, a big thank you for all of your support. Well, we're going to sign off for today. Like I said, tomorrow we'll talk more about the football component of how things with Ty Jordan and his untimely passing will affect the football program moving forward. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you follow us on social media. Search out Locked On Utes on Twitter. Follow Brian at Brown Bear SLC and myself at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. We'll keep you guys up to date with everything going on with Utah Athletics, with the podcast. 
podcast itself. Like I said, we aim to be your one-stop shop for all the Utah sports news you need to know about each and every day. So with that, for Brian, I'm Jake. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked on Utes podcast for December 29th, 2020, and we will talk to you guys manana.